volcano watch. This is a semi-weekly podcast to update you on the volcanic activity of the weeks. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Alessandro Muso. And I'm your other host, Corinne Jorgensen. We're PhD students at the University of Geneva. We study volcanoes and are here to give you all the hot volcano news. First the focus of the week and then the volcano news. We are back. We hope you all had a nice summer. You might have noticed some changes in our intro. Alessandro and I are busy PhD students, so we decided for the season we're going to try to do the podcast bi-weekly. This means it's going to be every two weeks. I, at least myself, felt I was rushing a bit on the podcast last season, so let's hope this uh, lets our episodes be well-researched while still letting Alessandro and I work on our PhDs. And also, you know, have a life once in a while, too. We are also going to try out starting with the focus and ending with the news. If you like these formats, better let us know. Uh, also, if you don't like it, let us know, too. Uh, you can tweet us at, at volcano underscore watch. You can also send us an email or a post on Instagram. Uh, we have both of these, but we never check them. So send us a tweet. No, we might check. It, okay, we might check. Them. With the sports season. We okay, we're going to check it. Okay, let's start with the focus. So that this week is going to be... So even if you didn't follow the last season of the podcast, um, surely you might have heard or seen some exciting images of the eruption that took place last year on the Reykjanes Peninsula in Iceland. Between March 19th and September 18th, 2021, after an 800-year-long nap, the Reykjanes Peninsula awake again, producing a large lava flow field and spectacular lava fountains. As reported by the Smithsonian Global Volcanism Program, on July 30th, 2022, so less than two months ago, the area had started to show some small signs of awakening consisting of the production of a seismic swarm that was also quite violent, with several earthquakes above three magnitude and a main event of magnitude four earthquake. On the following day, uh, the 31st of July, the seismicity did not calm at all, and uh, an earthquake nearly reached a magnitude of 5.4. In the following days, the radar interferogram published by the Icelandic Meteorological Office showed that a new mama dike was intruding into the region. The new eruption started on August 3rd in the afternoon, with the opening of a 360-meter-long eruptive fissure inside the last year's lava flow field. From the new fissure, baby lava fountains started to pulsate lava outside, all aligned in the curtain of fire. The chemical composition of the new lava is very similar to the past year eruption one, according to glass analysis performed by the Icelandic Institute of Earth Science, and the erupted lava temperature is close to 1200 Celsius, so pretty a lot. The continuous curtain of fire activity produced in just a few days steep pyroclastic ridges along the fissures called spatter ramparts. On August 6th, the number of erupting vents reduced to three with the production of a hundred meter high lava fountain. Dozens of times smaller than Mama Hedna fountain. But Alessandro, this is not a competition. A lava plume are a competition. Why lava fountain or not? Uh, because we love both Fagradas Fjall and Mama Edna and we don't want to add tension. We love Sabakai as much as Popo and we put tension within them for three podcast seasons anyway. <laughs> Anyway, the most of the new erupted lava goes through the Meradali Valley, overlapping with the 2021 uh, lava flow field. To compare the beginning of this eruption with the beginning of the last year's one, some considerations can be made. 
As reported by the Smithsonian, the initial flow rate of this new eruption was between 5 to 10 times greater than the one in the beginning of 2021. That's quite a lot, but fortunately it decreased after a few hours. A change on the main lava flow direction from eastwards to northward has been reported by the uh, Icelandic Meteorological Office on August 12. In this period, with the lava flow advancing and with the previous year's experiences, authorities and geophysicists started to consider to deviate the flow with artificial dams in order to avoid it damaging fiber cables and infrastructure. But fortunately, the lava fusion slowed down between the 13th and the 15th of August. A further decrease in the activity happens on August 21st, where every sign of fountain activity disappeared. For the rest of August and until today, the activity didn't give any significant signs of reactivation, which is actually quite unfortunate because I had a bet running with a friend that it would go for 47 days. Clearly, it didn't go for 47 days yet. We'll see. During the whole new eruptive period, the area has been often closed to tourists due to weather conditions, but uh, not always, and tourists always manage to reach the area also this year, which is amazing, and we do love volcanoes, and we want people to see them and be wowed by them, but news of tourists walking on fresh, cooled lava is a little scary. Yeah, we also saw people walk on two-day fresh rock also on Montana, and this is very dangerous. We uh, always recommend any people who wants to visit a volcano, an active volcano or an ongoing eruption, to follow the instruction of local authorities and be very, very careful. Yeah, a lava flow might look like it's cooled and crystallized and be safe to walk on, but it's often, first of all, a very unstable surface. But also, you don't know if it's fully cooled all the way through. There could be molten lava below. And also, how often lava um, flows, it makes these tunnels often, where the outside gets a cool crust, and then inside there's this lava flowing through. And sometimes this lava that's flowing through gets emptied out. So actually, often, these, these lava, like, surfaces are sometimes are a hollow underneath and they are not necessarily weight bearing so it would be very easy to fall into one of those and i imagine those rocks under there are not so cold so it would not be a good time so don't walk on fresh lava flows please don't try it <laughs> so uh, yeah. that's it for the focus of today uh we want to thanks uh, as always our main sources volcanodiscovery.com and the smithsonian global volcanism program Okay, now let's do the news. We're doing the news, and the update is from April. So strap in, it's going to be a doozy. We'll try to not make it way too long, but uh, here we go. We'll start in Asia at Bulusan in Philippines, which last erupted in 2017, started a new eruptive phase on June 5th, and another eruption on uh, June 12th, and a phreatic eruption on June 13th. On August 24th at Keitoku in the Volcano Islands, it was reported that in the water there was some white discoloration within 100 meters of the volcano. Now this might be a submarine uh, eruption emitting ash and pumice, or it could be a bubble outpouring that happened in similar to what happened in July 2021. Krakatoa in Indonesia was uh, pretty busy this summer with a lot of strombolian and paroxysmal activity. Uh, near the end of April, and a lava flow which reached the sea, and a new spatacon was formed as well, and the rest of the summer continues with its regular plume-producing activity, 
with light pose in July, but jumping back into on July 16th, and with an intense phase of several eruptions in 46 minutes. That's quite impressive. At Rapehu, North Island, New Zealand, there's been lots of fluctuations in lake temperature over the summer, but notably, the volcano has had an elevated tremor since early spring. The New Zealand uh, GNS science still posts that an eruption is not likely just because in the past 15 years, there's also been unrest without following an eruption. So the New Zealand GNS still posts that an eruption is not necessarily imminent because this is something we've seen before, but without an eruption. Let's jump to one of my favorite volcanoes, Sakurajima in Kyushu, Japan, had a particularly intense fire in early July and August with up to two three volcanic eruptions per day. On July 25th, the alert level was raised from three up to five as there were volcanic bombs falling as far as 2.5 kilometers away from the main band. In Taupo in New Zealand, there's been an ongoing earthquake swarm since May 2022. There's developed two clusters of earthquakes in the central part of the lake. Now, once again, this doesn't necessarily mean there is a reactivation. Earthquake swarms are normal for this volcano. At Merapi, the volcano has continued to build a lava dome. Uh, this has been coupled with several lava avalanches and an increase in seismicity. Okay, so we also had some cute little plumes and also some bigger plumes from Bagan in Papua New Guinea, Batutara in Indonesia, Dempo in Sumatra, Dukono in Halamahera, Guaua in Vanuatu, Ibu in Halamahera, Iwo Jima in the Volcano Islands, Lewotolo in the Lesser Sudan Islands, Roang in the Sulawesi Islands, Langai in Britain, Papua New Guinea, Sumeru in East Java, Katabora in New Guinea, Manam in Papua New Guinea, Suanosajima in Japan, and Ulaun in Papua New Guinea. That's all? Yeah. Man, I spent like a thousand hours on these updates and just put them all in one paragraph of things that erupted. <laughs> okay, moving on to Europe. Our special lady friend, Mama Hedna, has been a bit busy this spring. Okay, she's not been like February 2021 busy, but she's still been doing things. Yeah, she has mostly been making fisher, reaching into Valle del Bove during May and June, as well as Pure Classic Flow on May 27th. Yeah, actually, Alessandra and I had the chance to see one of Mama Etna's lava flows live and in person with some of the master's students in June. Yeah, it was really, really awesome. It was a pretty hard hike into Valle del Bove, but it was really, really worth it. We had the occasion to see a lava flows slowly flowing down to sample some fresh lava rock was a very, very, very cool experience. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. One thing that really struck me was the temperature. I like truly thought it would be like really hot and like really hard to stand by the side. I kind of thought the heat would be like, you know, if you just like open an oven and you like your face is too close to it and you like you get all that heat in your face and you're like, ah, I kind of thought it would be like that, but it really wasn't. The warmth was more like being beside a bonfire. It was like warm, but like in a really comfortable and cozy way. It was weird. I didn't expect a lava flow to be cozy, but it was. Yeah, maybe this very nice sensation is also related to the fact that in the evening, Montana is quite freezing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was bad. keeping us warm. She's just keeping us warm. <laughs> okay, since June, she has been pretty quiet, though. Strong Valley had some several stronger than normal eruptions this summer, but actually there was a big story 
um, from Stromboli that in early August there were some mud flows in Lahars which flowed into the city of Stromboli. There was thankfully no fatalities, but many houses and structures were destroyed. And in some places, there's a one meter of debris, which is quite big. This happened partially because there was a fire in May which destroyed some of the vegetation which had previously saved the village from these sorts of mud flows. This is especially unfortunate since this fire was actually intentionally set by a film crew who was supposed to have the fire extinguished on camera, but because of strong winds it caused the fire to get out of control and then burn a lot more and then in turn caused these mud flows to be a lot worse than they would have been previously. So a bit of a sad story. On September 2nd, it was reported that trails leading to the viewpoints have been restored. Okay, well, obviously there's been some activity in Iceland this summer, as per the focus, but with some whisperings of activity at Askia. Since August 2021, there's reported to have about 35 centimeters of total uplift. So that's 35 centimeters in a year. That's pretty good. This progressive expansion doesn't necessarily mean that an eruption is imminent, but it's whisperings of activity that could or could not come. Several of the Icelandic volcanoes had some increased volcanic tectonic activity. Bartabunga had a, um, a magnitude 4.9 earthquake on July 26th and also has some continued inflation. Grimsvotten has an alert level that was raised to yellow on August 2nd following elevated seismic activity with a maximum uh, eruption magnitude of 3.6. And just this week at the Taunus fracture zone, there was reported seismic unrest, which started in early September, including over 6,000 earthquakes and one as high as a magnitude 4.9. So, Corinne, we live in a very competitive world. Mm -hmm. And... It's not only human being that is a bit competitive, but also volcano are. So we go back in the competition and we can start with a global tallest plume competition and the winner. Seven Kaya. Oh, huh? It's Seven Kaya. Seven Kaya. It's not going to be Seven Kaya. I'm sorry. That's, I actually know this because I'm the one who researched the news. So I know, but in my heart, it's still Seven Kaya. Seven Kaya always will win for me. But unfortunately, yeah. the winner. The winner of the global tallest plume goes to Besimiani, who was whooping a 15.2 kilometers plume on May 28th. That is quite impressive. Yeah, you go, Besimiani. Uh, we also saw many plumes this summer from Mikhermansky. Uh, there was a 12.2 kilometer plume on July 13th. There's also plumes from Aliad, Ebeko, and Chikaruchki. And of course, we also have some plumes from Shivaluk, who, by the way, is still growing the lava dome, which once in a while is causing dome collapse and block and ash flow, and sometimes even perclassic density currents. And okay, still doing his domes, domes inside the domes, inside the domes, inside the domes. Domeception. Okay, we'll move to North America. Well, okay, we're gonna look at two thirds of it because there's no volcanic news from my Canadian homeland. Maybe, maybe Canadian people just do not report it. Maybe <laughs> just they don't want to let you know. <laughs> sure. Anyway, so Tawin USA got rise to alert level yellow following some seismic arrests late August with 20 earthquakes per hour, with a magnitude between two and three. Okay, in Hawaii, Kilauea was up to her usual shenanigans of inflating and deflating and inflating and deflating. But also, at Lohi, a submarine volcano, on August 18th, there was elevated seismic activity beneath this volcano. 
There were some earthquakes up to three magnitude, but it's not really likely that this lead to an eruption. But it was something different for Hawaii, at least. While the Canadian volcanoes are sleeping, the Alaskan volcanoes woke up for the summer, and many of them had a little something to say. Edgecombe had many earthquake swarms in early summer. Pavlov had several eruptions and lava fusions throughout the summer, as well as growing her own little spatter cone. Great Sitkin is going slow but steady with all her lava flows. And Semi's Pochnoit made a six kilometer plume. You go, girl! Wow! In Mexico, Popocatepetl made many big eruptions, as per usual, but there is also a sad story here for the summer. As reported in VolcanoDiscovery.com, a group of climbers had to be rescued on an ascent to the crater when the volcano erupted pyroclastic material. One woman was hit with a hot rock and unfortunately died. In South and Central America, we saw many great eruptions. And our girl, Sabankaya, actually erupted 8.2 kilometer plumes, which is pretty good. And she did it four times this summer, at least. But unfortunately, this did not beat out Bezanyami. However, on May 25th, Sabankaya grew her fifth lava dough. It's called Pika if I'm saying that correctly, which I'm probably not, apologies. And it means five in Quechua. Nice, but you know, maybe Sabankaya with five children don't want just to do the competition, it's just taking a little pose. She's just giving the 8.2 kilometer plumes, that is not bad, it is enough to beat the other Americans' volcanoes, and just don't care about the world championship, you know, fifth baby. She's on maternity leave. Yeah, exactly. So. Let's continue. Fuego had made many, many, many shows these summers with explosive and effusive eruption. On July 5th, we got a new lava flow into the Ceniza Gorge. Uh, additionally, in early September, the region saw heavy rains resulting in mud flows and lahars. At Cerro Negro in Colombia, there's been some increased seismic activity with a magnitude 5.2 earthquake. There's also been 32 meters of uplift since April 22nd. However, this volcano is located on a fault zone, so it's pretty likely to get some of these bigger earthquakes. We also saw many other eruptions from all our favorite players, so San Cristobal in Nicaragua, Santiago in Guatemala, and Nevado de Ruz in Colombia, uh, who also had a 8.2 km tall plume, which just didn't cut it. Anyway, Sangue in Ecuador, Reventador in Ecuador, Nevado de Xi'an in Chile, and that's it. Okay, last but certainly not least, we have an update from Africa. Amazing, we never get those, so it's always nice to see one. At Niragongo in the DRC, it was reported on July 7th that some dead fish were found in Lake Kivu Kabuno Bay. This might be related to elevated CO2 and H2S from volcanic gases from the volcano, um, and it's likely not from methane. So, things are happening. Niragongo's doing its thing. Okay. That was a pretty, 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 pretty long recap of all the news of the past period. Yes, I hope so. So next news is going to be a little bit shorter. <laughs> so I hope, yeah. That's it for the marathon of news update. Um, our sources for this episode include volcanodiscovery.com and there's sources therein. Um, thanks so much for listening, um, especially if you stuck around for this entire news, which I'm sure was fun, but also a bit painful. And see you next week. See you in two weeks. No. Yeah. See, see you, you in, in two, two weeks. weeks. Bye. 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 That's too much.
clustering, 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 clustering.